3: If an NFL team offered you a job, don't you at least have to consider it? One of the things that was really kind of driving me is, that, you know, we were in San Francisco. That was, uh, we got that close. Right, right. We went in the Super Bowl, and that's, that's always been a thing. There's unfinished business there. But, hey, winning the national championship, they would be really happy with that, too. So that's the goal. That's the what we're chasing.
4: That was Jim Harbaugh back in 2022 talking to Gene Wojciechowski of ESPN about his desire to win a Super Bowl. Then it was clear Super Bowl higher on the pecking order than college national championship. There's the white smoke. Uh, that's not what quite that is. The same as when they elect a pope. Is that the same? Is I don't same know. Group? That's what is I that wasn't what sure do? what that, that was. Looks like but a yeah. cheap. Drain pipe. Well, yeah. Tell, that, drain tell pipe that to the Vatican thatched
2: roof. How? Tell that to the Vatican. I mean, how dare you speak of that, of the Vatican, the
4: smokestack? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hey, I don't have to worry about being excommunicated. I've already been. I don't know. So Is that the true no Vatican there.
2: chimney there? I feel like it's not, but uh, maybe it was, I, I know. I don't know either, but chargers kicking butt there. It took it me was. a minute to think there's always next level, uh, social media attack by the chargers. Very well
4: done as usual. We can only imagine what the schedule release video will look like coming up in May when we get the full slate of games where we know when we don't know. The one thing that we definitely know, Ravens at Chargers on the docket for 2024 harbaugh v harbaugh and in yeah. theory it can happen every year because if they just land in the same spot in, in the their division. respective divisions right. they yeah. will play the next year right they'll at least play every third year by the rotation they could play every year and they could meet in the playoffs not in the super bowl but in the playoffs so playoffs we'll see what happens with that we got plenty to break down yeah. though with the news that we all kind looked of felt at like the lay coming, of the land, right? Chris. Yeah. like right. like not not that not even before he interviewed. Yeah, right, right. right. It felt like it was coming this week, yeah. but you know, this is one of those situations where we would have said three weeks ago Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, but then they they start the whole process and you're like, okay, well what's gonna happen? Well what's gonna happen? Maybe he stays in Michigan, maybe he goes to Atlanta, maybe somebody else gets involved, maybe the Chargers hire somebody else, maybe they go Mike Vrabel, maybe they go Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was making a push late to try to at least get their attention didn't work and then it's harbaugh to the chargers and because there was just a little bit of a wobble during the couple of weeks that they were pursuing him you kind of forget that if we would have picked one team that jim harbaugh was most likely to land at it was yeah. the team that he wanted to go to last year exactly but there wasn't a vacancy right, right.
2: yeah I, I, exactly right I, I think this is one it was kind of like oh we all saw this coming duh Why didn't I bet $1,000 with DraftKings on on the odds of Harbaugh being to the Chargers three weeks ago, like you're saying? Uh, I mean, it is. It is one of those. I think you add on top of that, you know, a few weeks ago, he was practicing in the Chargers facility, right? I have a hard time thinking that ownership or somebody didn't make a little connection to him at some point. Hey, how are you? And like you said last year, this was the job he was trying to get. Uh, it's it's a great opportunity for him. I'm excited to see. You got one Harbaugh on the East Coast, one Harbaugh on the West Coast. Uh, a guy that you know just won the college football national championship. First time Michigan's done it in forever, and here he does. He just says, "Hey, the hell with that. That was great." But you could tell even in that interview there, like that's not the ultimate goal, Super Bowl. It's driving him crazy. And that's all he cares about. And that's what he's going to be working to do to be, you know, as the head coach of the the Los Angeles Chargers.
4: It's deep seated sibling rivalry stuff. Those guys aren't just ultra competitive with the rest of the world, they're ultra competitive with each other. They were the first competitors they knew. You don't become a great competitor to the rest of the world unless you're competing your ass off in your own house. There was a story in Sports Illustrated years ago about how they were trying to throw a football over a tree, and Jim was the first one to do it, and John never forgot it. I mean, stuff like that. They, they are ultra-competitive with each other. They love each other, but they're ultra-competitive with each other. That's just the way it is, and they'll be competing more frequently now, and it'll be To see, especially if the Ravens finish the job and win the Super Bowl to go along with Jim's college championship. This is another thing that surprised me. Well, he's the first since 1936. Yeah, the first college coach to win a championship and go straight to the NFL. Howard Schnellenberger went from the U to the USFL in 1983. Wow. But Harbaugh is the first to go straight to the NFL.
2: Wow, that's interesting. You know, I thought about because Jimmy Johnson and what Jimmy Johnson would they lose the national championship or? Was that the year, you know, Catholics versus convicts, and they didn't get to play in the national championship game? So he was the other one I was thinking of. Penn but.
4: State beat them. Yeah. Wasn't that the year Penn State beat Vinnie Testaverdi? No, that was 86. It might not have even been that year. That was
2: 86. This right. was like 88. Or Johnson's first year with the Cowboys was 89, right, if I remember correctly. So, right. yeah, either way, he didn't win the national championship. This is pretty cool, though. Yeah, this is rare. This is rare, right? Great coach. We've seen him get to the Super Bowl in the NFL. You're right. I think it's spot on that it's eating at him, you know, by the day in his soul that not only he lost the Super Bowl, but lost to it to his brother, right? I mean, going to the AFC West, what, what, what? That's like amazing in itself, too. I mean, Jim Harbaugh coaching against Chippy Sean Payton twice a year and dealing with Mahomes and Andy Reid twice a year. And now Antonio Pierce and the Raiders and all that, and Harbaugh worked for the Raiders at one point. I mean, there's just a lot of great storylines around this thing already that are going to be awesome and intriguing to watch next year as it all unfolds.
4: The Raiders were the first team that Harbaugh worked for as a coach right. after his playing career. Right. And that playing career included 17 starts with the Chargers in 1999 To 2000. Harbaugh played for a bunch of different teams Bears, Colts. When it was his birthday last month or earlier this month, I can't remember. They pointed out on the Colts social media that he's in the Ring of Honor. I mean, he wasn't even there long enough to be in the Ring of Honor. It's amazing. Now he took him to the AFC Championship game and they almost beat the Steelers, and I was there as that pass landed in the end zone. And they didn't have instant replay, and they got it right because it easily could have been ruled a touchdown, and the Colts would have gone to the Super Bowl. But he's in the Colts' ring of honor. He worked for the Raiders. He started as a head coach at the University of San Diego, not San Diego State, not that the Chargers are there anymore, but at least the Chargers were in town when he was there at the University of San Diego. So he's got some connections to the team. He's back with the team. And I wonder if there was any conversation at all. I heard nothing about the Raiders making a run at him. Early, it felt like Chargers-Raiders, but this whole Antonio Pierce thing yeah. took on a life of its own. Right, the We got to give Antonio Pierce minutes. a chance because yeah. we screwed it up with Rich Basaccia two years ago. You got Max Crosby and others coming out and saying, we want Antonio Pierce. Even with all these other great candidates they could have pursued, Mike Vrabel, Jim Harbaugh, et cetera, Pierce gets it. and I wonder if they even made any attempt to try to hire Harbaugh. And you know Harbaugh will find a way. To be motivated by that, if he didn't at least get a phone call or if he called and the Raiders were like, yeah, no, we're good. Go ahead go ahead to another team, even if it's in our division we have to deal with you twice a year, that's the kind of thing that he'll relish because he's ultra-competitive.
2: Yeah, 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 yes. And, and I think ultimately, too, if you're just going to compare the two organizations and where they're at right now, you'd probably rather take over the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, if you're Jim Harbaugh, you're looking to hit the ground running, have success right away. And we hit on this a little yesterday. Yeah, it's Justin Herbert. It's one of the best quarterbacks in football. All right, so we already got, like, the hardest part in all of football to have that guy. That's done. O-line, pretty damn good, right? They got a group up there that's been built the last few years to protect Justin Herbert. Well, Jim Harbaugh running the football, smash mouth, that's what he is. We just saw him win the national championship that way. He was similar to that when he was with the 49ers coaching them. So you look from that standpoint – and then we know the defense has some talent over there and he's going to tinker and do some things as well but but uh, you know all in all uh, I don't think it's even close as to like what organization you would pick right now as far as rosters concerned uh, between Raiders and Chargers and the, the biggest thing yeah being that quarterback that's
4: a star. Well, and that's been the big attraction from the Chargers. In recent years. It's why both Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh were eyeballing that job last year. They didn't move on from Brandon Staley. Obviously, they did this year after that Thursday night disaster against the Raiders where it felt like the team wasn't even trying to win and the Chargers finished 5-12. and 12. But you have to wonder, once you get there and scratch the surface, where is the dysfunction with this team? They just haven't been able to get it together They're the Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana, it's always something team. There's injury issues that got better this past year, but they still went five and 12. And when you think of all the teams that had quarterback problems and eventually you had an injury that ended Justin Herbert's season. But even before that, all the other teams in the AFC with quarterback injury issues and the Chargers weren't competitive with Justin Herbert playing every game, that was inexcusable as well. So Even though they've got a franchise quarterback and they're paying him accordingly, they have issues. They have cap issues. They have injury issues. They have aging roster issues at certain positions. they got to make some tough decisions. And, you know, one of the things we don't know yet, Chris, is how much power Jim Harbaugh is going to have. They haven't hired a GM yet. And that's one of the reasons why I think they cleared the decks. Sorry, Tom Telesco, but you got to go, too. We want to have the opportunity to – do whatever we think we need to do. So let's just move on from you now. And it worked out. Telesco crash landed on his feet with the Raiders. If they had just held on to Telesco the way the Falcons are holding on to Terry Fontenot and possibly will let him go if they would get a Bill Belichick on board, we don't know. But if they had waited to move on from Telesco, Telesco would have been screwed. So they did him a favor in hindsight by letting him go along with Staley. And they did themselves a favor because they had a completely clean slate as they move forward, the fact that they hired a coach before a GM, yeah, tells you right who's going to be in charge. Exactly, it tells you who's running the show in LA, and you need that because the last thing they need is another Trent Baalke, Jim Harbaugh thing. Right, they need to have no doubt who's in charge because Jim Harbaugh is going to take charge, even if he's not in charge.
2: No, exactly. You know, you hire him. You that was the guy you wanted the most. You make sure you get that done. You let him, you know, now help you cook the meal. And and as far as let him be part of the process where okay, now I got a GM here. Oh, wait, I like this guy as a human being. I think we can work together. Oh, wait, I like this guy's, you know, overlook, you know, feel for football, the game and everything there. Oh, we match, let's get that done. You know, so that that, that to me makes a lot of sense with a guy like Jim Harbaugh. And I think that's probably the appropriate move. We know he's a little different. Right? He's stubborn. Uh, he's got his ways in which he wants things done. So let him do it this way so you don't have dysfunction in the organization uh, like you're talking about for the next two to three years. Harbaugh is just what the doctor ordered for the Los Angeles Chargers. All the things that you've been talking about for the last few years, the dysfunction, the injuries, whatever, blah, blah. The Jim Harbaugh... Uh, Ex-quarterback in the NFL, great college quarterback. We know that. This is not, you're not getting like, oh, no, Jim Harbaugh, this is a great offensive coordinator. That's not why you're hiring this guy. That's not what he is. He's not like. We're not going to be like, oh, wow, I've never seen plays like this before. Wow, they're breaking records like Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins or Shanahan and the 49ers. No, absolutely not. He's an overseer. He's a manager. He's going to get all the things that he can control back going the right way. He is the kind of guy that's really going to dissect and get into the training room and the weight room habits and go back. And they're going to kind of get back to the basics. That's what he's famous for. Michigan was kind of a mess before he got there. That's what he did. 49ers were a mess before he got there. That's what he did. It's almost back to, you know, hey, football, I'm the general. We're going to do all the little things the right way. We're going to tackle. We're going to hit. We're going to do all the basics on the field the right way, and then we'll work from there. And I think that's where he's going to be really valuable. He's going to get all facets of this organization working cohesively like he did at Michigan, and I got to witness that earlier this year where, yeah, it's all feeding itself and feeding him, and it's a high-functioning machine that he made in Michigan, and he's going to try to get that done here with the Chargers, and that's
4: where I, I really love the hire for him and that organization. Instant impact with the 49ers in 2011, took a 6-10 and team to the brink of the Super Bowl, then to the Super Bowl, then back to the brink of the Super Bowl, and then the 49ers decided that it was too hard to get along with a very successful head coach. What, what a shock. Head coaches might be a little difficult. What a surprise. Head coaches might be a little demanding. What an what a unexpected turn. Head coaches might be hard to get along with to the average person. Well, it's up to you as an owner and a general manager to find a way to get along with a guy who can be a little difficult, as the Ravens have since 2008. Yeah. With a guy who is a DNA match, not identical twin, but close enough identical twin in the way they think, identical twin in the way they work. I think we said earlier on the show, the biggest difference between Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh is John has an easy, natural smile and Jim's is forced. Yeah. That's it. I hear you. They're otherwise exactly as competitive, exactly as difficult when things don't go their way and exactly as determined to win. It all flows from a good spot. This isn't just egomania. This is we want to win. Yeah, that's right. What are we doing here? Right. We want to win football games. We want to pursue championships. And as fans, you should like it when the head coach of the team cares more than you do. As much and more than you do. You know, would call a timeout with 36 seconds left in a playoff game. They care. They live it. They breathe it. They they devote their entire existence to that Job, And that's why I'm a firm believer they should get whatever they can get financially. We haven't seen the details yet, but whatever it is, you deserve it because he's going to unplug from Michigan and he's going to plug into the Chargers with every ounce of his being, with every moment of his awareness. That's going to be his primary focus in life other than his family. Professionally, the only thing he's going to care about is winning as many football games as possible as head coach of the LA Chargers. And every fan of every team of every sport should want that mindset as their head coach.
2: Yeah, they, they got the,
4: they're they're
2: out of a book type of head coaches, you know. When, when I think of co- head coaches, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm old school and think of, all right, yeah, the, the Bill Parcells, the Chuck Knowles, right? That type of attitude is kind of where the the football I was raised in, right? My My high school football coach, he came from a coach that was coached by Vince Lombardi, right? And he was under Vince Lombardi. So, you know, that's what I believe in. And, of course, the Harbaugh's are old school like that, following the lead of their dad. And that, that's that got a lot of value in football world, as we both know. And I think it's going to have a lot of value, like I said, to that organization. And most importantly, I think a lot of value to his his quarterback. Right? Justin Herbert, that's the main guy that we got to make sure succeeds, the leader of the team. And that's the thing that's cool about Harbaugh. Even though Harbaugh is not about let's throw the ball for 500 yards and 50 touchdowns and break records, he is like in the fight with his quarterback, right? I mean, I don't, him and Colin Kaepernick, I mean, they were like buddies of best buddies. He believed in his talent, and he was always boosting him up and telling him everybody how great he is and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, of course, benched Alex Smith for him in Michigan the last few years. J.J. McCarthy, I saw that. I think I told you, right? I was shocked with how much the Michigan players love Jim Harbaugh, how much they said to me that he was kind of the heart and soul, the energy of the team on a daily basis. And J.J. McCarthy, I could tell, like, Harbaugh was his best buddy. Like, it wasn't like, you know, hey, he's my coach. I know I got to listen to him but also has a way of, like, hey, man, let's get better today. Let's go do it. This is cool. Like, we're we're, we're at Michigan. You're the man. Show me you're the man again today. And he's got a good way that way. And I think that's something that will go a long way for Justin Herbert, especially, too. Justin Herbert, I think we all would agree, is a little quiet, you know, maybe a little less alpha-ish than most starting star quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think a guy like Harbaugh can – you know, bring that out of them a little bit more. Be a little bit more of a vocal leader or be a little more like Mike Florio says every now and then. Like, hey, F you. Get off the field if you're not going to do your job. And I think that's where Harbaugh can bring an edge to the team and Justin Herbert that will go a long way to wins and
4: losses in the NFL. And, you know, that's an excellent point. There aren't that many quarterbacks who are natural-born leaders who are willing to hold anyone around them accountable the same way a coach would when the player isn't naturally that way, it's on the coach to either draw it out of him or kind of be the surrogate that exactly. make sure everybody understands right. this guy's the sheriff. He might not be acting like the sheriff, but he's the sheriff. You watch and listen to everything he does. You follow his lead. And until he takes over, the coach has to be the one getting everyone's attention internally and externally to say this guy's the man. And I agree with you. What a The things Jim Harbaugh is going to instantly try to do is get Justin Herbert to be more of a badass, to be more of an in-your-face, I am the man. Look at me. I'm 6'5", and I literally can throw the ball over them mountains. I don't just say it like Uncle Rico. I can (laughs) do it, and I'm going to do it, and we're going to win. And if you're not going to try during a game that we're losing badly at halftime, I'm going to kick your ass myself in the locker room. You don't have to worry about the coach. You got to worry about me. So I agree with you. Jim Harbaugh, if anyone, can draw that out of him. And you mentioned Colin Kaepernick. And let me apologize in advance to the 30% or so of the people out there who are always looking for something to get mad about. And also the people in the media who pander to those folks without those folks realizing that they're just pandering to you. But but Harbaugh has always been a Colin Kaepernick champion. Yeah, Harbaugh was on this show when the Colin Kaepernick – collusion began in 2017 and he said if Colin Kaepernick is on another NFL team he will deliver championships with an S and he gave Colin Kaepernick the workout at Michigan just a couple of years ago to give him another opportunity to prove what he can do when everyone continued to shun him he did the collusion settlement and they kept colluding against him and here's the thing to keep in mind We reported this in the aftermath of Harbaugh's flirtation with the Vikings a couple years ago because some people thought the Vikings didn't hire him because he's going to bring Colin Kaepernick in to play quarterback. No, but he might bring him in to be an assistant coach. He might bring him in to be the quarterback's coach. They considered the possibility of inviting him to join the staff at Minnesota if Harbaugh had gotten that job. So that's where we need to watch. He's at 36, and he hasn't played in so long. Highly unlikely you're going to see Colin Kaepernick on the depth chart with Justin Herbert. Right. But you could see him on the coaching staff because that was under consideration two years ago. And sorry again to the 30% of the people that are always looking for something to get mad at. I'm sorry if you get mad, but Jim Harbaugh may exercise his prerogative to give Colin Kaepernick an opportunity to return to the NFL. And I'm sorry if you're mad about that. I know you've had a hard day. I know it's been a rough year so far. I know you're always looking for something to be mad about you might, you know, you might be a little bit mad about this and I'm sorry if you can't handle it. Well, we'll see. You're right. All those people, they got no control here.
2: And Harbaugh is, like you said, a big-time backer of Colin Kaepernick. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't, you know. And, and again, I think, you know, in a place like L.A., that whole conversation and, you know, some of the negatives you're alluding to and around that, it would probably be less there than maybe, you know, a lot of other cities in, in the United States so we'll see where that goes. We know he's got his work cut out for him either way, right? I mean, that that's the number one thing is that this is a team that, as you have said, has been dysfunctional and had issues across the, across, you know, the board for years and years here. And it just, it's, you know, even in a year where they make the playoffs, right? We go, whoa, they're turning around. They've still found a way to charger and blow a 27-point lead. The Chargers chargering has been a thing for the last decade. Jim Harbaugh, I think, is the guy that can change that, you know, total aura, feel, perception, whatever you want to call it, around and build a winner here. And, yeah, I'm, I'm with you in that I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Colin Kaepernick involved. If he wants to get back in football in somehow, some way, I'm sure Jim Harbaugh opened the door for him uh, in any way possible.
4: The Jim Harbaugh statement, the only job you start at the top is digging a hole. I love that. I love that. The only job you start at the top is digging a hole. So we know we got to earn our way. Be better today than yesterday. Be better tomorrow than today. My priorities are faith, family, and football. And we are going to attack each with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. This organization is putting in the work, investing capital, building infrastructure, doing everything within its power to win. Great effort equals great results. And we're just getting started. That is a football coach. And folks, we aren't Jim Harbaugh fanboys. He's not our friend. He doesn't like Chris, although he's maybe warmed up to Chris now. Chris (laughs) went up to Michigan and said nice things about him. He doesn't really like me, but we know coaches when we see coaches, and we know guys who can be effective. And in today's NFL, when more and more players from the NIL reality of college football are graduating to the NFL, and you need to rewire me to team because it is all me now. In college football. And look, it's long overdue that the college football player can be a business to himself because they've been exploited for years and given nothing and not allowed to make anything even beyond the confines of the football program because you have to be an amateur athlete. Jim Harbaugh knows how to take a bunch of freelancers and pull them together. Yeah. And get them to think about team. Agreed. Over themselves. Agreed. He did it at Michigan. Yep. Look at his two best years came once NIL was a thing. He still knows how to get them to set aside their own personal desires and wants and motivations to submit to team. And that is the thing that I mean, just it oozes out of this statement. It's basic. It, it like we try to overcomplicate football all the time. At the core, it's about getting guys to put themselves behind team. And to do everything possible to honor and support and maximize team. Do your job. That's a subset of team first. And you see organizations lose sight of it. Clearly the Eagles lost team first at some point down the stretch. Because nobody was rallying together to be a football team. You mentioned the Chargers blowing a 27-point lead. We saw that in the playoff game. Last January. Do you think any team coached by Jim Harbaugh is going to blow a 27 point lead? Do you think he's going to allow that? He'll run out onto the field and deck somebody before he would allow that to happen. He's not going to let that happen on his watch. It's all about team. It's all about team success. It sounds cliched. It sounds hokey. But you know what else it sounds like? It sounds like something that's going to work.
2: Yeah, no, it it does. It does work. We know that it's it's tried and true and it works. And we know that with football. And you know to add on because I, I agree with everything you, you're saying there. He's got a good way too of not making everybody on the team a robot, right? Buying in the team, but understanding, hey, there's a little individuality on our football team. You know, it's not it's not like New England where just like everybody was scared to talk to the media and then no one like it's it's not that. But yet, there's principles of New England that he does have that are very you know as we know work in the NFL and you can be successful and get behind. But he does let his guys be his guys. That was one of the things, I, again, that I was amazed by. You know, he is into young people, the young generation. How he, I mean, he's amazed with, you know, how they are. They're unique. They're so much more, you know, aware of the world that was one of the things he was kind of saying to us. I mean, come on, are you kidding me? When I was 22, 23, 24, he was kind of saying, he's like, all I was was like football and workout. These kids now, they care about people. They care about animals. Like, they're so much, you know, more well-rounded. But I thought that was refreshing, right? Because it's not robotic football. It obviously shows you there's a human side where he can connect. But in that same conversation, you get old school. And I don't think I ever told you this story. But then you get also, okay, that's cool. Wow, I wouldn't think, you know, Jim Harbaugh is quite like that, having more philosophical life questions with the player. I mean, you know, conversations with the players. But then in that same conversation, you're going to like this. It's a Friday, right, day before they got to play a game. His For some reason, his son, one of his younger sons, 10, 11 years old, has a football game on Friday morning. So he's going to go to that, right? He's a little late for our meeting, but he's told us before that, "Hey, we're, I'm going to be late. I'm going to try to go see my son's game." So, hey, Corey, we're cool, and we're talking to players and whatever else. He gets back, and he's kind of, he goes, "Man, it was my turn to bring the Gatorades and snacks today. I didn't bring them. I forgot." Oh, you know, and he kind of went in, and he was like, "Oh, what a tragedy." He's like, "Are we, are we making these kids soft?" They're playing a football game, and they're more worried about their snacks after the game. And he kind of goes in on that. I mean, they're more worried about their Gatorade and their snacks, and they are winning the game. And then he goes, and then he goes, and I mean, I'm there, and it's 10-year-old football, and they got a tent on the sideline like it's too hot. You know, they're blocking them from the sun. He's like, are we raising these kids too soft? I think we're raising them too soft. So that's who he is. He's got a great blend of old school, we're going to be tough, we're going to do things the right way, but also understands where the world is. And you wouldn't think that sometimes when you look at him and hear his his interviews, but uh, he's a little more well-rounded in that area than than even I expected.
4: And I think the big difference between him and Belichick is, He trusts his guys to not say something they shouldn't say because he trusts the fact that he has rewired their brains. So when they do speak, it'll sound a lot like him. Sure. And they won't say anything that will cause a problem because they are team first. You're not going to be part of this team if you're not team first. And they're not going to go out and say something that hurts the team because they truly are team first. And I trust them to be that way. Bill Belichick has the Stepford Patriots or did have the Stepford Patriots, maybe it'll be the Stepford Falcons going forward, where they've been basically lobotomized and they're afraid to say anything because they don't want to incur the wrath of Belichick because he doesn't trust them with rare exceptions like Gronk. And maybe he just knew there's no way I can control this guy and nobody can understand what he says anyway. So it's not like he can hurt us. But But Gronk was still
2: still in line. He was silly, but he never said anything crazy. You know, like, I mean, he was, you know, that's, that's where like, like, right. When Wes Welker made the whole joke and all that and tried to be kind of funny with Rex Ryan and the feet and the toes and all that. Right. He, he benched his ass. He didn't like that. No doubt. So yeah. I mean, you know, you're right. Yeah. I just, it is interesting that way with Belichick.
4: And the NFL is just more interesting when Jim Jim Harbaugh's in it. Everything about the NFL is more interesting with Jim Harbaugh in it. And I'm glad that he's back. I thought he was coming back two years ago with the Vikings. He thought he was coming back two years ago with the Vikings. Last year, I don't know how close it was with the Broncos. I think it may have been that they were trying to line up an alternative to Sean Payton. And for whatever reason, they didn't hire Sean Payton. But now it's going to be Payton and Harbaugh twice a year doing battle. It's incredible. I mean, if I'm Antonio Pierce, I'm thinking be careful what I wish for. I'm in this division with at least one walk in Hall of Fame head coach, another one who's got a damn good argument to make it, and a third one who could end up earning his way in as well. Uh, I better step up my game. I mean, you can look at it as a challenge. You can look at it as, oh, crap. And I'm sure Antonio Pierce welcomes the challenge. He's got a high degree of faith and confidence. But that becomes one of the most interesting divisions in all of football with the arrival of Jim Harbaugh. That's 100% sure. Now, they still have to hire a GM. Ravens director of player personnel Joe Hortiz is coming in for a second interview today. And obviously any type of Ravens connection. We've seen that. That intermingling, Mike McDonald going from the Ravens to Michigan to the Ravens, and exactly now maybe right. a head coach somewhere else. Exactly. Who knows? But the idea that if it's like being pre-qualified for a loan. <laughs> You're pre-qualified to work for Jim if you've already worked with John. Yeah. And John will tell you whether or not you can trust this guy. If you survive with John, you can survive with Jim. If you survive with Jim, you can survive with John. And that's no surprise that Jim is now looking within the Ravens. For the guy who will come be the GM who is working for, not with, and not superior to, that's for damn sure, Jim Harbaugh in the Chargers organization. Yeah, I I mean, it makes sense. That's what I would
2: expect to happen. Coaches are that way by nature anyways, right? I want to be with a guy I know, I trust, or, you know, I I know and trust a guy that trusts this guy. So, okay, it's that way. And, of course, I think the Harbaugh's are probably even more like that. For a lot of the reasons you explained, and yeah, I would expect it to be maybe somebody from the Ravens, or somebody that he's been connected to, or, or a person that's been connected to somebody he trusts for a long, long time, uh, you know, to make this an amicable, you know, working relationship. Uh, I, I that that's what I would think. And again, I think it's going to take, like you kind of said earlier in the show, it's going to take a guy that knows the hardballs a little bit, knows how a hardball works. You know, and, and understands, you know, when to tread lightly and when to be like, hey coach, we gotta get this done or you gotta look at this player right now, whatever. Uh and and I would fully expect it to be be that type of guy.
4: Um we've got this pop up draft yeah. that we talked about before the show. Let's give it a try. It's the biggest winners or losers. Okay. Winners or losers. Okay. Biggest winners or losers. Gotcha. Of Jim Harbin coming the heart the Chargers. Head coach. I'll give you the first crack at this one. Oh. Give me one of the biggest winners or losers of Jim Harbaugh coming back.
2: The biggest winner is Mr. Black Hair Dye head coach at Ohio State, Ryan Day. That's the first one I think of. (laughs) All right. Hey,
4: hey, no, no. Listen, listen. Don't defame. Don't defame. it's black beard dot. Oh, sorry. Not hair, hair. I was like, as far really, as we know. I really, beard. you had to be
2: scared there. I was like, wait, did I say something that I didn't realize I said? Uh, yeah, but that's the first guy. I went. He he went like this yesterday. He went, woo, thank God he's gone. When? Because he's been whooping my ass the last few years. Uh, yeah, so that's the first guy I thought of is Ryan Day, uh, Ohio State. They're glad that Harbaugh's out of there, and and, you know, they're going to hope it's somebody lesser coaching the Michigan Wolverines.
4: And, and look, we've already talked about this, but I got to go Justin Herbert as the biggest winner because this is a guy who's going to unlock his full potential. He's been dragged down by not having an offensive head coach the past few years. They had Brandon Staley in the building. They were afraid the Eagles were going to hire him. They got caught up in this. Oh, we got to have him. We got to have him. We got to have him, you know, and it just didn't work. They had one offensive coordinator. That guy gets fired. The other guy comes in. Everybody's gone. It's just a mess. It's a disaster. Jim Harbaugh is going to get the most out of Justin Herbert. Not with the high level X's and O's, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan stuff, but he's going to get the most. You don't need that. When you have a guy who's got a freaking howitzer for an arm and is 6'5 and can run when he needs to, you don't need a bunch of fancy stuff. You just create a scenario where he can drop back and let it fly like he did in that classic game. Where you know he converted like seventy-two fourth downs yeah. <laughs> against the Raiders. Yeah, like you just you just trust that guy to go do his thing. You create a scenario where he can go do his thing, and that's what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. Yeah, Justin Herbert, big winner of having Jim Harbaugh around. Agreed. I mean, that's what's awesome about football, right? It
2: doesn't always have to be like the most creative. I invented this. It's it's a lot of times about you know. We do things the right way. We might be simple, but we're physical. We out-physical you. We execute it the right way. And that's where, hey, they're at O-line. And then you got a big guy like Herbert there, just stand in there, big guy, and throw rockets. I mean, it, it'll fit the mantra of what, what Jim Harbaugh wants. And in a lot of ways, Herbert plays the position a lot like a Jim Harbaugh did. Stand in there, big and strong, make big throws down the field. Jim Harbaugh's going to respect that, like, in a big way. All right, so I know those are two winners. The next one I want to go with is a loser. Really, we've kind of brought this up already, but the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are losers right now. Com- you know, compared to the rest of the AFC West, they they got to be looking at this, going, wait, 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 hold, hold on, hold on. You know, hey, uh, we ended off strong with Antonio Pierce. I, I get that. I-, I still think they were what ended up three and four when it was all said and done. You know, they're five still- and four with Pierce. Five, five and, and four. four you know, hey, questions, can he do the whole thing? And now you're going against three head coaches in the division where there's there's no questions about any of them. It's just a matter of, like, when? When is it going to be good? When are they going to be good? When are they both going to be in – when are all three of these teams going to be in the playoff conversation in the AFC West? And that's where I look at the Raiders where, hey, of course we know they got some meat on the bone as far as building the roster still and getting big-time players there. But now they're, by all due accounts, and I think it's fair to say, and, and I hope Antonio Pierce proves me wrong, yeah, they had the, le- the, the lesser of all coaches in the division as well. And uh, that, so that's why I'll, I'll choose them as a loser today.
4: This one for me is a winner slash loser, okay? Both. Patrick Mahomes. And he's a loser in this because now he's really got to worry about the Chargers every year. Now he's got to take the Chargers seriously. And even without Jim Harbaugh as the head coach, the Chargers had been pretty competitive against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So it makes it harder for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to dominate the division. That's the loser side. The winner side is it's exactly the kind of thing that Patrick Mahomes needs to find next level. We see it now in these playoffs. You give him some adversity, what does he do? Thank you. Next level. Oh, you're giving me Jim Harbaugh that I got to deal with twice a year. Okay, fine. Next level. So loser. Yes, but winner because it accesses a deeper level, a higher skill set from Mahomes. It challenges him. And we see what happens when he truly feels challenged. It's hard to feel challenged when you're the, you know, one of the best that's ever played and you're six years into your career. And this is a new challenge that he can embrace. So, yeah, it's not great, but maybe it is great because maybe we're going to see an even better Patrick Mahomes because he's going to have to be better to beat Harbaugh on the chart.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's this guy. We know Mahomes. He's rewriting the record book in a lot of ways. This will be definitely a challenge. You know, th- where this will be different and where at least it looks like it's going, you know, Brady with the Patriots, Montana with the 49ers played in weak divisions. I think any historian would tell you it, it led to them being, you know, seated better in the playoffs every year because the division was weak. It was almost like, damn, we got six or eight games a year. We're we're the favorite for sure. All right. that That's, that's where, you know, those guys had it. Like Mahomes, by all due accounts, the way it is looking, he is not going to have that luxury here much longer. You know, I mean, we, I think we both agree. It's only a matter of time before Sean Payton and the Broncos become a juggernaut. And now with the Chargers involved in this, I would say the same thing with Jim Harbaugh. So that'll be interesting, too. The fact that it's like, you know, we got a little mini, mini dynasty here, but unlike the AFC East for 20 years, we got two teams in this division that were like, okay, we're, we're done. We're not going to get our ass whooped by you for 20 years. We're going to fight back here. And it's going to be interesting to see that. So that's kind of cool. Um, all right. So last one, I know we got one more round with the winners losers draft. I'm going to go losers again. Because, I mean, the obvious one is Michigan, the Wolverines, hail to the victors, right? The greatest fight song in all of college football. Uh, that, that's, they're, they're losers today. Of course they are. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has had them as a mainstay powerhouse in college football. I mean, we were to such a point where we were like calling them failures because they were ending up as the number three team in the country for a bunch of years in a row. I mean, that's what he built there. You know they win the national championship, and yeah, now they've got to go back to the drawing board and, and find somebody, And I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan hires somebody within that staff that's there already to kind of keep the Jim Harbaugh, you know, mojo
4: going there within that, that college football program. Yeah, there's already a report, Sharon Moore, who replaced him I can during the three-game suspension this year, is going to take over as the head coach. He's at least going to be offered the job. Why would he say no to it? It's Michigan, for crying out exactly. loud. They want to have as much continuity as possible. Remember, he made that comment about passing the torch recently. Oh, that's right. People interpret that I forgot that about as, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Handing it on to the new generation that takes over and onward and upward for Michigan. Um, and and in that same vein, I'm not gonna make this my official pick, but the flip side of Michigan losing is the NCAA winning because the NCAA hated the guy. Yeah. They they were out to get him. It was clear they were out to Do get him. You think that's and part of the reason he won out organization, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They were gonna get him. They had two different investigations. And even if they aren't gonna get him, like you're constantly having to worry about what are they going to come up with next? Yeah. They, they clearly want to bring me down. They're coming up with this. They're coming up with that. They're coming up with this. They want me out. They don't want to deal with me. You know, he's a danger to the structure that the NCAA has employed for years of not paying players because he's been one of the leaders saying, we need to be sharing this revenue yeah. with the players. I can't think of another high profile coach who has been willing to say that because what happens is when you start putting line items in the budget for player pay that's less money that's available to pay you yeah that's less money that's available to have this swanky facility that's less money that's available for all the things that you need to do your job the way you want to do it jim harbaugh the most selfless of the coaches of high profile programs by repeatedly saying we need to be sharing this the ncaa doesn't need that phone call coming from inside the house so even though it's bad for the players. It's good for the NCAA because they got this guy out of here. They didn't like him. They wanted to move on from him, and they got what they wanted without having to suspend him, without having to play any games, without having to run him off, although they might have run him off, even though it was just always inevitable he was going to run back to the NFL at some point. And that's no, my that, last win. Well, oh, that's a, well we just say, that's what's cool about
2: Harbaugh, though, again. That's what's cool about Harbaugh. Like we were kind of saying a few minutes ago, he's different. He's not your normal – like dictator NFL head coach that way. Like, like, like you're saying, he has a personal side and understands society. To me, that's a different than a lot of head coaches, especially head coaches in the NFL. As we know, it's like rule with an iron fist. I mean, again, to your point with Colin Kaepernick, this is a guy where most coaches wouldn't support anybody that was kneeling on the sideline, and he never wavered in his support. He was like, what? It's legal. It's within his rights. He's a young person. That's what he believes in. I support him. That was it, right? And that's where he went. And a lot of coaches don't do that or weren't that way. And I think that's, again, where Harbaugh has a little bit more magic inside the locker room and personal connections than I think people realize.
4: That's the way to inspire your teammates to surrender themselves and put team first when they know that the guy who wants you to do that cares about you as a person too, not just as a piece in a broader machine. The broader NFL machine wins here just from the standpoint of, as I've said, the NFL is more interesting when Jim Harbaugh is part of it. The Chargers are far more interesting. The Chargers suddenly become highly relevant. The Chargers are a team now when it's time to take the 272 regular season games and figure out which ones are going to be in prime time. It's going to be a lot more attractive to put Chargers games. The Ravens Chargers game. Played in L.A. this year at at SoFi Stadium becomes one of those games where it's like, hmm, is that Thanksgiving night? Like we saw Harbaugh versus Harbaugh in 2012 or 11. It was 2011, his first year with the 49ers. They met the next year in the Super Bowl. They only met once in the regular season during their mutual time with the Ravens and the 49ers. Where do we put that game? Is it a Thanksgiving night game? Is it the Wednesday Christmas game that they say they're not going to play? Is it the Black Friday game the day after Thanksgiving? That becomes a huge game for the NFL now to pick and choose where it's going to drop on the schedule. Whereas we previously would have looked at it and said, who cares? Ravens Chargers. I mean, it's just one of the other games that's otherwise in the pack of games that you'd watch if it's on TV. But it's not must-see. Now, that's must-see. Other Chargers games far more intriguing. Early in the season, while we're waiting to see what the Chargers are going to be under Jim Harbaugh, you're going to want to see those Chargers games. As many primetime games as possible, that's a benefit to the NFL as they're filling more of these standalone windows. Having another team that a lot of people are interested in is good for the NFL, and it's good for us covering the NFL. He's a character, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way, but, you know, I mean, I've said this for years, like, He's just the way he talks and when he's so guarded with press conferences. And I, I've said it's like he's got an invisible teleprompter that he puts all of his words on before he says them. And then he reads them before he says them like he's like, I want to make sure I don't say it like he wants to win everything. He wants to win every press conference. And, you know, we saw those comments to the media during his final days at Michigan where it was clear that he was thinking about leaving. But he kept playing that game of, well, future. I hope I have a future. I, what do I think of the future? I hope I have one. Like he wasn't letting anything on. And I love that. It's You have to decipher it and you laugh about it. And it's just interesting. And it's fun. He makes it more fun. Even if there will be days that we want to, you know, pull our hair out and say, why won't this guy just be straight with us? It makes it fun.
2: Yeah. He's, he is, he's a character. I think that's the way to say it. You know, again, he doesn't want to let anything out. There's a lot of stories. I mean, even again, when I was interviewing him earlier this year on a Friday before, I mean, it was like everything you ask him, and and he puts his teeth together and he thinks how he wants to answer it, right? I mean, he is very guarded that way. And he, like you said, he wants to win everything and be careful. And he's not trying to share any information that might hurt his football team or hurt him. Uh, but I'm with you. He's definitely uh, well, intriguing and a lot of fun to watch when he's in the NFL.
4: Refresh my memory here and the memory of the folks watching and listening to the program. What was the question that you asked him that prompted <laughs> him to remove the microphone and say, tell your dad I said hi before he walked away? Right. So,
2: like, I had been there for a good part of the day, right? And, uh, and they had an intense practice, the San Francisco 49ers that day. He had just broke up a fight between like Anquan Bolden and I can't, one of the DBs. I can't remember. They were kind of going at it and he got in the middle. It was right at the end of practice. So that was, he was a little revved up and hot from that practice ends. I think the 49ers are being nice by, Hey, trying to fit me in and do this, whatever I'm new in the business. Okay. The 49ers are hot and one of the cool teams in football and I, know, I ask one or two questions, kind of basic, and then the third question, it's a year where know, Colin Kaepernick is clearly one of the best quarterbacks in football at the time, and he wants to be paid, right? And it's becoming a little bit of an issue in the offseason. So third question, I go, so you know, how do you handle or deal with all this Colin Kaepernick talk? And he looked at me and looked back at the camera and then just grabbed his mic and dropped it. And started walking away and said, "Tell your dad, said hi. Tell your dad I said hi." And that's kind of where that that all ended. And I just sat there like almost jaw dropped, and I think so did the 49ers media people. They were like, "Wow, that was..." And yes, so that's why you've heard me slander Jim Harbaugh every now and then, uh, from time to time, because you know, for his, all the good he's done and all the things I've said, that was a bullshit move right there. I will certainly say that and always stand <laughs> my ground with that. Yes. <laughs>
4: 13 years ago this month, PFT Live had just debuted as a web show that was on from 12 until whenever we wrapped it up, but we usually wrapped it up by 1 o'clock because it got a lot more expensive if we lingered beyond 1 o'clock. Jim Harbaugh was on not long after he got the job with the 49ers. And it was probably this same week because the conference championship games were approaching, and I, having attended Colts at Steelers, January of 1996, witnessing the Colts having a damn good chance at beating the Steelers that day and that Hail Mary pass that ended up almost being caught in the end zone that would have sent Harbaugh and the Colts to the Super Bowl. I tried to ask a positive question or just kind of like, do you still think about that? You know, just like how you say you still think about the playoff loss to the Washington franchise from 2005. Like it was just, it was an attempt to be kind of lighthearted. And as soon as I finished the question, he was like, thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) Like, Oops. (laughs) But it was, it It was apparent that he did not want to talk about it. He would have walked away and said, tell your dad. (laughs) I said, "Hi." No, he was still pissed about it. Right. He was still pissed about it. 15 years later, he was still pissed about that game. And he didn't want to talk about it. And I tried to find a way for him to just say, yeah, you know, you, you, you're you still motivated by that. You have unfinished business, whatever it was going to be. Yeah. I was trying to right. tee it up for him right. to take a negative and make it a positive. And he's like, yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. So, well, thanks for after coming the back story, to the NFL, The Jim. story
2: is after he lost the Super Bowl to John Harbaugh, right? Anybody you talk to kind of around that situation was game was over. You know, Papa Harbaugh knew right away, wait, John's okay. He won the Super Bowl. Jim's crazy and was crazy before this. Now he lost a devastating loss. And, like, you know, the story is is that, you know, basically fought, Papa Harbaugh had to go in there. And, and, I mean, you know, Jim didn't come out of his office or anything or address the team for, like, a half hour because he was so distraught. And I think you've heard the same story, and I think a lot of people have. That you know he had lost the Super Bowl to his brother and just could not get over it and was completely devastated, which you understand. But you know, uh, I think with him it it probably is a a little bit more of a showing or whatever that he lets his emotions
4: show in those kind of uh, scenarios, maybe more than others. Hey he tried everything he could to win that game, including kicking the light plug out of the wall (laughs) and knocking out the power to the Superdome for 25 minutes, and that almost worked. It almost worked. They almost came back and won that game. The Colts Steelers game from January of 1996, just days before we found out my wife was pregnant with our only child. Literally. Literally. I was there sitting. I'm somewhere up in the upper level of the stadium just as this was coming down, oh. and the ball hits, and they didn't have instant replay. So, whatever the ruling on the field would have been, would have stood. There's no other way around it. That game was something. I took my father in law. The tickets were sixty dollars each. Sixty bucks, are you kidding me? Nineteen ninety-six. But that game, that was the Quentin Koriad had the game winning interception. In his stomach yep. and dropped it. Right. That was a game where Neil O'Donnell finds Ernie Mills. And I thought that the upper deck, like, I was, hey, I'm glad we're in the upper deck because the upper deck is going to collapse onto the lower deck. That whole
2: place. What, well, did you rocking, think you were going to still live and, if that was the. Like, you thought just I'm on the upper deck, I'll ride the wave know. and I'll live? You got a better you chance. You were going to die too. Got okay? a better chance.
4: <laughs> got a better chance than if you're the one that has the upper deck fall on you. <laughs> okay. But I'm telling you, the place was literally rockin' right. don't go a knocking. It was an incredible, incredible day at Three River Stadium, and they almost pulled it off. And, man, that would have been a long walk out of there if that had been a touchdown that would have sent. That would have been the anti-immaculate reception, really. Yeah, it would right. have been the exact opposite. It would have been the bizarro immaculate reception some 23 years after that had happened. So, uh, anyway, Jim, sorry we brought it up. I'm sure he's still pissed about that day as he embarks on his return to the NFL as head coach of the Chargers. Jim, it doesn't matter what you think of us. We're just doing our jobs. We're glad you're back in the NFL. We're happy you're back. The NFL is going to be better for it. The Chargers are going to be better for it, and we look forward to covering you in your second iteration as a coach of an NFL team. Let's go ahead and take a break. Nick Sirianni still lingering in Philly after a couple of shaky days last week. They managed to kick his end-of-season press conference to yesterday. We'll talk a little bit about what he had to say next here on PFT Live
0: Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.